Hey, good morning. It is great to be with you today, more than you know. I'm so glad that I'm here with you and that we're worshiping together, and uh, that makes for an awesome day. And uh, I'm excited to get to share this message. I'll be honest, I've hardly slept, partly because I got so jacked up about the message, and I was literally laying in bed after I had like put it away and was all wired up or whatever and literally just kept rewriting it while I was laying there trying to go to sleep and I was praying, God, just let me go to sleep and I'd think of another thing and I'd think of another thing. So anyway, we're here and uh, I'm glad of that and uh, appreciate these guys for, for leading us and uh, what, the, what, they, what, what all they do for us. I think we have a football game today. Is there a football game today? Tonight, right? Good. It's nice. Um, so last week, um, I told you we'd be doing a couple of weeks kind of setting up where we're going with a, with a series that's coming uh, about who God's calling us to be as a church. And uh, that'll, that'll be starting up here in the next week or so. And, uh, you know, and that's all good. Uh, but leading up to that, I said, you know, hey, we're going to do a couple of weeks together. And, uh, and last week, I kind of pulled this... Uh, Jerry Seinfeld thing, and I won't get into what makes it a Jerry Seinfeld thing, but uh, I retaught, this is what makes it a Jerry Seinfeld thing, I retaught a good part of the message that I had preached 17 years before, to the day, to the moment, uh, last week, uh, because last week was our 17th anniversary to the day of when we first started meeting his church. And, uh, but I had gone back and I had listened to that message, thanks to Jerry posting it up. And, you know, it's always fun going back and seeing yourself 17 years ago on YouTube. There's nothing like that. Uh, there's, a whole, there's a whole lot of thoughts you have. You have a whole lot of thoughts about how you look and how much skinnier you were and what an idiot you are. And, I mean, just all, all of the things, you know, um, just like anybody probably does. And anyway, uh, one of the things I did is I pulled out this illustration used a model and used a model of a car that I still own. Uh, literally the car and the model, I own both. Um, and the model, you know, like a lot of models that guys tend to buy, uh, sets in a set of models that I own that I have bought over the years that are still in their boxes where I've never put them together. And, uh, you know, and I was just talking about this challenge that we have to model Christ and, you know, what it looks like for us to be a model. And, and, and honestly, I kind of didn't ever e- even finish the illustration. I don't think I finished it 17 years before either, looking back on it, because I'm pretty sure that I had this intent to, like, land the plane on the idea that, you know, yes, it's, it's great for us to know what, it's, what it looks like to model something. It's great that I own a model of my car. But 17 years later... I've still never put it together, and I think for a whole lot of us as believers, I think that's kind of how we approach our Christian walk. It's like we know what we're supposed to do, and we've got it on the shelf, and we've put it in a box, and sometimes we get it out on Sunday mornings, and we're like, oh, look at that. Doesn't that look nice? It could be blue. It could be red. Yeah, we'll put it back up and do it later, Right? And uh, I got to tell you, some years later, and I had this thought, and I thought about going and getting all the stuff bringing in here, but I figured I'd take too much of our time that I didn't even bother doing. But years ago, my family bought me, uh, a company came out and made a, 
like die cast, super nice, what you might call a white glove. I think it actually comes with a white glove. White glove model of this car that I own. And, uh, and I thought, man, why didn't I think about taking that? Because then I never would have, I never would have forgotten the illustration. Because I got to tell you, to have one that's already together and looks much better than the one that I could ever build myself is pretty awesome. And I think for us, I think that's the challenge for us in moving forward. And, you know, again, we, talk, we talked a little bit about this last week. At this time of year, it's a great time for us to, to kind of step back and say, okay, Lord, what are, you, what are you leading me to do? You know, and some people go, I'm not a New Year's resolution type person, whatever. That's fine. That's okay. You don't have to be a New Year's resolution type person. But I still think it's a good time, you know, especially after we've spent time in the holidays. And sometimes holidays are hard. Sometimes they're good, but either way, the holidays usually force us, without us even realizing it, I believe, into spending more time thinking about what it is that God is doing in our lives, or what are we doing with our lives, or are we making the right decisions in our lives, and here we enter another year, and it just seems like crazy, like 2022, you know, it's like, it's, it's such a weird, every time we add a year now, I feel like they're just such weird numbers anyway. I know they shouldn't be because we're just adding one each year, but, you know, I mean, you remember how, like, I, I, saw, I saw something the other day, it was like some, some uh, pop culture reference from the 80s, and it was like, you know, and it's probably a stupid video game or something, but anyway, it was like, you know, in the year 2015. And I was like, what? 15? It's like we, we passed that a while ago. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just crazy. But I think, I think for us to take the opportunity to not miss an opportunity to focus on what does the Lord want for us. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, other than just the God, that God, I just think, led me. He placed three passages of Scripture on my heart through people referencing them around me in the short period of time of like 24 hours here several weeks ago. And I was like, those passages kind of go together, and I've never heard anybody talk about them together. And I thought, that is a great springboard for us, and it leads us today to talking about new. New. You know, we love new stuff. Don't you love something new? I mean, like, you know, I, you like love a new car, you know? I had a neighbor. I woke up on New Year's Day this year. I had a neighbor of mine. He knows I have eyeballed this little project car that he's had in his basement for some time. And I woke up to the message on New Year's Day that said, New Year's Day deal, $1,000. Had a picture of the car. I was like, Done right? Because I need it, right? No. It'll be fun for a minute. But it's so, it's so much fun to like get something new and like explore it and like, oh, you know, what are we going to do with it? We're going to keep it. We're going to flip it. We're going to play with it for a little while. I'm not going to let one of my kids crash it. You know, what are we going to, you know, what's going to happen? Um, you know, but, but new brings about something for us in life that, that is 
that is pleasing, but at the same time is also challenging because we don't know all of the things with things new. I've had conversations with people for years about, you know, when they, especially when they're thinking about changing jobs or whatever it may be, and they're like, Chris, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what the Lord wants me to do, what should I do, and they've got all these problems with this job, and, you know, maybe if I go to this one, I won't. I was like, yeah, but I was like, you heard what you said. It's like there's that, that maybe means you don't know. I was like, at least you know what you've got over here. I was like, not to say that you might not should do that or that, you know, whatever. I was like, but you just got to realize everywhere we go, we've got issues. New brings something to the table for us. And as I challenged us last week and the week before, I do believe, uh, with this, I want to ask you as the congregation of 24, whether you're watching online or whether you're worshiping with us in person, either one, I don't care. Uh, we're glad, glad for you to be with us. Whichever you're able to do, I want to ask you to keep an open mind to how God may want to use you in the year to come and in the years to come. That maybe, maybe there's something new that God wants to do in your life to use you for the kingdom of God. And so, you know, how about we get creative for a bit? Where will you be this year? Who will you be with this year? What will you be doing this year? Where can you infuse yourself that you haven't before with some of the talent that God has given you? How can you use those, those words that so easily go together, time, talents, and treasure, how can you use those things for the kingdom of God in the year to come? that you have not done in years past. It's way too easy to sit on cruise control, folks. And let me tell you what, cruise control is not where the Lord has called us to be. He didn't call me to be there. He's not calling you to be there. He is constantly challenging us in who we are to grow in Him and follow Him and see what we might get to experience in life through doing so and how He may use us for His kingdom. These are huge pieces of the puzzle. Let's start with the new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is the first of these three passages of Scripture that I was speaking of that I felt like the Lord just kind of put on my heart within 24 hours of each other. And, uh, and in that 24-hour span of time, I was just like, man, I, I want to I teach these together. How do, what, what makes, what's, what's this look like? And so in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in... Christ, he is a new creation, the old has passed away, behold the new has come. The new has come. The new what? The new creation. We have been made a new creation in Christ. Well, what's that mean? Well, let's keep reading, we'll talk about it. Verse 18, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation We'll come back to that. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So 
This is straight gospel right here. This is, this is the understanding that first and foremost, you have had to at some point in your life trusted in Christ to be your Savior. Otherwise, this is not applicable to you. Um, and, and if you're not there today, I want to encourage you. I want you to know that it's, it's saying there this is, this is an invitation for you. That anyone who would believe in Him, uh, you know, that anyone who would trust in Him with their sin, He, the one who had no sin, took on our sin for us that we might be forgiven, that we might become the righteousness of God, that we may take on that, that little piece of righteousness that we can get only from the Lord Himself. Righteousness is very closely related to perfect in a way. Um, you know, so it's, it's this perfection idea of God. We, we can't be perfect, but in the eyes of God, we can be perfect. Because when He sees us, He sees Christ if we know Christ is our Savior. So therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Be, behold, the new has come. And so, I mean, here's this great reminder for us today. That if you're a Christian, that you've been made a new creation. I think for most of us, I think we still believe a lot of times that we're still the old creation. And Satan wants us to believe that we're still the old creation. He does not want us to believe that we've been made new in Christ. He wants us to believe that we are still stuck in the past and we will always be those people who made those mistakes and that's just a bunch of junk. It's a bunch of lies and it's all from him. It's not true. What Christ has done for us, he only had to do one time. Christ doesn't have to keep going back to the cross. The, cr the work of the cross is done. The work of an empty tomb is done for us that we might know him and that we might be made new, right? And new for what? New so we can just kind of mosey on through life, you know, just cruise, control it. No, 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 come on. I mean, you don't, you don't think that we shouldn't take every opportunity to re-examine our hearts and our lives and go, okay, Lord, what are you wanting from me? What are you calling me to in this life? There's a reason that you're in the position that you're in in this very moment, in this world. God knew that you would be here. You may be in a painful place. I know at least one person in here right now who's in a painful place. But it's not a surprise to God. And He is here with you. And He loves you. And He cares for you. And He will not abandon you or forsake you. At the same time, you may be in a very instrumental place in your life right now. Maybe God has, has positioned you in some ways where, you know, when you're just real honest with yourself some days and you wake up and you think about where God has put you in life right now, you're like, man, I just honestly can't even believe that this is my life. How amazing is this life? God has given you that life for a reason. He's given you that home for a reason. He's given you that family and those friends for reasons. He's given you children, the children you have for reasons, and the things that they do for reasons, and the things they do with other children for reasons, and all the things that we enjoy for reasons for his kingdom, for our joy, 
and that those things can go together is this amazing thing in life where God can use us sometimes in the places that we love the most if we'll let him. We have been reconciled through Christ back to God, back to the Father. Reconciled through Christ, through, through the cross, through the empty tomb, that he died the death that our sin deserved, the penalty that our sin should have gotten, that when we went and stood before the judge, that God the Father would have looked at us and said, nope, you get death. Christ came and stood in front of us and he said, nope, I'll take theirs. They have trusted in me. They believed in me. Here's, here's the truth. When that actually happens, he won't have to do that because when we go in front of Christ, he will see the righteousness of God that Christ has put on us. But we've also been given this ministry of reconciliation. What's that about? Well, you, you read that right there in verse 18. We'll go back to verse 18. It says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You were like, I didn't know God gave me a ministry. Congratulations. We'll let you walk the stage at the end of the service if you'd like. We'll recognize you and everything. If you've been bought by the blood of Jesus, you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. In fact, verse 19, it says, That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. That is the message of reconciliation. That is the ministry that we've been given. Say, so, well, I, I missed it. What was it? Huh? In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him. God has approached all of mankind with a loving heart and said, here is my son. I love you. I'm giving you my son that you might kill him, that, me, that he might die the death that you deserve on a cross. Live the perfect life that you were unable to live so that he might be that perfect sacrifice that you might be forgiven despite anything you have ever done in this life. That is reconciliation. That we, too, we don't need to go to a cross. That's already been done. But that we could share the message of that to all the people that God has placed in our lives is the ministry of reconciliation. Not counting their trespasses against them. He has entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. It's a challenge for us. Now, let me just say this. It's going to be real easy to walk away from this message today and just go, you know what? That sounds really good. That sounds really good. And then not follow through with any of it. I'm praying that God puts things so clear on your hearts and on our hearts as a church walking away from these scriptures today that we won't be able to sleep until we've wrestled through them and wrestled through what these things really look like in our lives. And you're like, Chris, why are you doing that junk to me? Do no juju stuff on me. Listen, it's just Jesus stuff. I mean, you know the Lord. You trust the Lord. You he saved you, bought and sold. You've been given a ministry. You didn't even know you had it. 
Now you do. We're going to get you a plaque, put it on the wall somewhere in the church. Be like Minister of Reconciliation, you know. Throw up there Wendy Hunter or something. People will be like, oh, okay. I thought she was Minister of like killing turkeys or something. But <laughs> she reconciled all the turkeys to us. How about that? <laughs> It's a challenge. It's a challenge. And I just got to tell you, as, as the pastor of our church, like, we, like where we are as a church right now, we can't keep going. I'm going to let the silence hit you for just a second there. Like, what, what do you mean we can't keep going? We can't keep going. What, what do you mean? We, I mean, we're financially doing okay for like the first time in 17 Stinking years. What do you mean we can't keep going? We can't keep going. Oh, yeah. yeah, we're paying our bills. That's great. Praise God for that. I, believe me, praise God for that after 17 years. What I mean is we can't keep going the way we are with so many folks in cruise control mode. We, as a body of believers, have to take ownership of the ministry of this church we can, listen, we can have all the dreams, we can start, to start up the buses, we can build the preschools, we can do all the stuff. But I'm going to tell you, I, I know for a fact that today we've needed people back there because we didn't have enough people to help back there. Help taking care of kids, help teaching kids about Jesus. You don't mean to tell me there's not people sitting in this room that can't help teach people about Jesus, children about Jesus, that have talents even maybe to do those types of things. Listen, I'm not interested in a guilt trip. I'm just saying in general, all of us have to be willing, if we're going to be serious about our faith and serious about where the Lord has called us to be, if He's called you to be a part of this church, I'm going to challenge you today. Because I'd be a terrible pastor if I wouldn't do that. I'm going to challenge you today and say, you know what? The Lord is challenging you to fill in a gap somewhere. It may not be that. It's not like everybody's supposed to do one thing. I know that. But what is he calling you to do? What is he leading you to do? You're like, well, that's, you know, I let, I let my wife serve. That's nice. <laughs> come on. Like, come on, dudes. Step up. Don't let your wife out serve you for the Lord. Don't let your children see that happen. Set an example in your home for what it looks like to love Jesus with everything you got. Like, what are we passionate about? Our kids know what we're passionate about. We're going to get into all that here in a minute. Here's the next passage of Scripture. The next passage of Scripture is this. The next new passage of Scripture. Romans 12, 1. Romans 12, 1. And in Romans 12, 1, it says this. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Here it comes. Verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The renewal of your mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by the 
testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Renewal of your mind. All right, so we know that we've been bought with the blood of Jesus, right? And in being bought by the blood of Jesus, we've been made a new creation, right? We're not, we're not the old, same old creation that we were. Like, Chris, I still have these tendencies, whatever. Yes, you are right. You probably do. But you also have the ability to say no to them because when you came into Christ, you broke free from the slave, being a slave to the chains of that sin. So there's no more like, oh, I'm just always going to be. No, 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 forget all that. You've been made a new creation. Quit believing Satan's lies. Christ has freed you from those things. And now, and now you have the potential to be transformed if you don't conform, according to verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Man, let me tell you what, this, 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 if you want to follow Jesus, it's this, this, right here. It doesn't get better than this. It doesn't get clearer than this. You're like, what? Well, I don't even really know what the renewal of my mind, what is, how am I supposed to do that? I don't know, you know, does that mean I need to do, you know, more community hours at church or something? No. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. In fact, let, let, me, let me walk us through a little bit. First of all, the do not conform to the world. This is, this is a warning about our mindset, Okay. The do not conform to the world is a, is a warning about our mindset. And the problem is, is we ride the struggle bus when it comes to viewing anything better or greater than us. We ride the struggle bus when it comes to thinking about anything else being greater than we are. You're like, what, what do you mean by that, Chris? Here's what I mean by that. I mean that for us to, at times in life, take all off of ourselves and not be so into ourselves and place our all on God is so hard for us because we're really into us. Have you noticed that? I mean, like, we're super into us. You're like, well, I mean, you know, Chris, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm pretty cool. I've gotten accomplished a lot of things, you know. I mean, we're, we're in awe of all kinds of stuff, especially like man-made stuff, Right? I mean, like, we can be like, oh, my gosh, look at that. Look at that thing that they built. Oh, my gosh, that's incredible, you know. And I do it, too. We all do it, you know. I'll be like, man, look at that new car. Man, that's so awesome. That's cool. It goes so fast. I need one, right? And God's over here. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, oh you, you, like, you like how fast that dude runs the 100-yard dash, huh? You, you, like, you like how fast that is. Like, do I need to send Jesus back so that he can run the 100-yard dash like 20 times faster than the fastest dude on the planet to get you to understand that all the glory is in him? And, and I think we, we, all of us, we just get caught up in awe of people and other things. So much so 
that we find ourselves conforming to the world. And God is greater than us. Meanwhile, our minds are stuck on how great we are and the things that we do. Romans 1 talks about this. I just want to share a couple verses here out of Romans 1. It says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. I don't want to do that, but here we are. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and, in, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. I don't even know what all those things are. I didn't spend time like looking at them all up. I was just like, okay, that covers a lot. And I think we know where it's going. Like we are great at exchanging the glory that God deserves in our lives with things of this world. And we know it. So we can be transformed by the ruining of our mind. Well, what's, what does that look like? How do we do that? This is some Holy Spirit work right here. And before, and before you check out on me because I brought up the Holy Spirit, I want you to really hear this because this is life-changing right here. It says before, uh, uh, sorry, 2 Corinthians 3, 18, it says this. It says, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We'll read that again. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. It is giving us, it's giving us how it's done, right there. Like, how? Chris, tell me, how is it? Beholding the glory of the Lord. With an unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed. So when we spend time with the Lord in all of who He is, which means, which means we got to lay down all the stuff we're in awe of, right? I mean, we're just being honest with ourselves today, right? We're not, we're not trying to like hold back here because then that makes me a, a crappy preacher. I don't want to be that. That when we are in awe of the Lord, He changes our hearts. And our hearts begin to look more like His. We are completely changed. And, and, then, here's, and then here's what happens. It's no longer about legalism. No longer about like the things I'm supposed to do because it's the right thing to do. We start doing things because we're passionate about doing those things. The things that I love to do the most in this life are things that I'm passionate about. Think, think about that. And, I, and, I, you know, and I, I can be passionate about a lot of things. And, and most people close to me know this. I can be passionate about all kinds of things I collect. I can be passionate about my family. I can be passionate about whatever. Uh, entrepreneurial stuff, I love talking about that stuff. I can be passionate about, you know, stinking salsa, okay? Like, I tell you where the good salsa is and the bad salsa. And if you have any differences in opinion, you're wrong. I'm so passionate about it, and I'm so knowledgeable, I'm an expert, okay? Like, I get in conversations with people in Nashville, they start talking about hot chicken, and I get in that conversation with them, I'm like, you just need to stop. I'm going to tell you what you need to know right now, and we're going to finish the conversation. It'll be done. And I love you, and Jesus loves you, and you need to know him. So, 
But, that, but that's just it. Like, we're so passionate about all of this stuff, you know, in life. And, and let, me, let me just ask you, let me like, what, do you, what would your family say you're passionate about? What would your kids say you're passionate about? What would your friends say you're passionate about? Your coworkers, what would they say you're passionate about? I got to thinking about this, and I got to thinking, you know, especially as a dad, it's just not, the gravity of it hits me more these days than it has in the past. And I'm just thinking, you know, what do my kids think I'm passionate about? They think I'm passionate about working all the time? Is that good? What do they think I'm passionate about? Trying to conquer the next thing, do this. I think they're, they know I'm passionate about their mom. I mean, that's great. Do they know I'm passionate about Jesus? Yeah, they know, I'm, they know I'm a preacher. They know I'm a pastor. They know I'm passionate about him all. And I got to thinking about my dad, my earthly father. I just got to thinking, man, I don't know anybody more passionate about Jesus than him. And I'm like, what a, what a blessing that is for me. But I don't think my kids probably see me that way. And it's because I'm so passionate about too many things in this life that are not bad things. But they're not always Jesus. Versus my father, who he's always been passionate about Jesus. And because he's always been passionate about Jesus, he's been passionate about the ministry of people being reconciled back to God. And that's been his life. And yes, it's been a big part of my life too. I'm not dumb to that or whatever. Just, you know, we all have these moments where we have to check ourselves. And I think it's important for us to have these moments where we check ourselves. With an unveiled face. Nothing blocking. Right? With an unveiled face, beholding the glory of God, we are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. When we focus our awe on God, we are transformed. Take that, Optimus Prime. Thank you for going there with me. That's my 80s Generation 1 uh, Transformers transforming sounds right there, in case you didn't know. So it's important. Um. Here's the thing. We have to let the Spirit do this in us. We can't do it on our own. Just, it just really requires that we worship Him. That we worship Him. That we seek Him. That we seek the Lord. I, I, know, I know that's going to sound a little Sunday school to us today. That we just really need to seek the Lord. That maybe we need to spend more time in His Word. But He will lead us to hear the Gospel and as we hear the gospel again being poured over in our lives, we're transformed. Our minds are renewed. Our minds are renewed. Think about that. Like, I need that. I need the recharge of God doing that in me, in my mind, in my heart, to help me to understand His Word, to help me to understand His will, I can't, I can't do that just like, you know, 
showing up on Sundays and kind of hanging out and hoping to get a little kick in the pants every once in a while and walking away. We just bought a model and stuck it on a shelf. Don't do that. Don't do that. Let God start to help you put that thing together. To do that work in your life. To use you for His glory. That you have a purpose. Wherever you are in this moment in life, I promise you, God has a purpose for you. And it is the ministry of reconciliation. It is making Him known in this world. Satan doesn't want this. He's against it. Check out 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. We won't even go there. You can check it out on your own. I got this one last passage and we'll out. The last passage. Revelation 21. And everybody's like, dun, dun, dun. What? It's January, Chris. Can't be bringing up Revelation this early in the year. What is going on? After the last two years we had, you can't do this to us. Come on with me. Here we go. Verse 1, Revelation 21. Some of you probably never really read through this. I want to read through this. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about it. It says this. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is a telling of something to come, by the way. It's Revelation, okay? It's the end of Revelation at that. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Fishermen are questioning their motives in life right now. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away, I love this, he will wipe away every tear from the eye, from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end to the thirsty. I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. And the one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. That is hell. This is a picture of God's restoration that is going to happen in Christ's return. Now, you can be a millennial, post millennial, a millennial, a millennial. It doesn't matter what your take is on the end times. The scripture is there. We have an understanding, I believe, that the Lord is going to return and he is going to do a restoration unlike anything 
that we could possibly know or seen, and he is going to make all things new. And you're like, well, how does that fit into the whole thing today, Chris? thought we were talking about ourselves and our hearts and all this kind of stuff and following the Lord. Yes, absolutely we are. And here's why it fits. It's a reminder that God is in the business of new. He's in the business of new, and he's not done doing business. In other words, we don't know when that business is going to come. We may have another year. We may have another hundred years. We may have another thousand years. I don't know. And a lot of people are like, oh, there's a lot of stuff that's happened, Raleigh, you know, that we see in Revelation and all this. And yeah, you can make cases for that. I'm not going to predict anything today. Everybody that's predicted has been wrong, and Scripture said they would be. So it hadn't been a surprise to me when they were. What we know is that He is making all things new. And it's going to happen. And it may happen in our lifetime. And what if, what if, let's just play just a game real quick. What if we knew we had till the end of the year? What if we knew we had till the end of the year? How would that change our lives? What would we do different? I'm afraid of how it might change my life, to be honest. I think most of us probably could just sit here and go, man, that... That would probably change my life a lot. I'd probably look at everything differently. And it's just a, it's just a cause for us. Look, it's not, today is not a guilt trip. Today is, today is just a, a dose of reality for us who say we want to follow Jesus. If you want to follow Jesus, allow him to transform your mind. Allow him to transform your heart. Out of that will pour Whatever it is that you're supposed to do. Today was it isn't supposed to be a guilt trip like go sign up for something to do. Nope. Not it. You can't put that on me. Let God change your mind, change your heart, lead you to whatever he wants you to do. We lost one of our own this week, John Burke. Tammy's with us this morning. We love you, Tammy. We're praying for you, Tammy. We are here for you. Visitation is today from 5 to 8 across the street and tomorrow from 10 to 11 with the service at 11. Uh, man, I loved John. I loved John. This summer, <laughs> y'all were, they were going to Maine on a trip. And they went up to Maine and, and somewhere where they go from time to time with family and friends that, that way and whatnot and uh, I just made a statement because I love seafood, you know. I said, hey, have some lobster for me, you know, kind of thing. He comes back from Maine, shows up in my driveway in his convertible, and has brought me lobsters in a box. I could not believe it. We took a ride in his car over to see the shop for a minute, came back, just had a good time hanging out. John loved this church. He loved people. John's hope was not here. John's hope was in that Christ is coming again one day and that he's going to make all things new. And our hope can't be here either. Not in the now, not even in the here. As the scriptures read that we just read, he may restore here, but it may be nothing like what we know now. 
So I ask you these questions. And this is, I'm flipping something that I got from John Piper so he gets the credit here. Do you want to break loose from the conformity of this world? Do you long to be transformed and made new from the inside out? Do you long to be free from legalism, duty-driven religion, and do what you are passionate about doing instead of what you ought to do? Do you long to offer up your body as a living sacrifice so that the whole, your whole life can be a spiritual act of worship and display the worth of Christ above the worth of the world? And allow God to renew your mind. Seek Christ, exalting truth. Let Him make you new. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you how it cuts to the point. We thank you how you speak to us through it, how you change us, transform us. God, we need you to transform us. God, help us. Help us to spend time with you. Help us to get serious about whatever, whatever it looks like for us to follow you, to seek you. Lord, if it's, it's us getting real about just seeking you in your word on a daily basis, God, help us to do that. Even if it's in a small way, just somewhere to start, God, just help us to do that. Speak to us through your word. Change our hearts. Transform our hearts. Help us to see what it looks like. Lord, to be your people, to be your church, to follow you faithfully in all the things that you're calling us to in this life. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for what you've done for us through him. Thank you for the opportunity we have, Lord, to be a part of your family. God, I pray for anyone, Lord, that is not trusted in you, that today, Lord, you would speak to their heart and help them to see that you love them and you've given Christ for them as much as you have for me or anyone else. God, make clear the gospel to them today. Lord, that they may trust in you with all their heart and lean not on their own understanding. But Lord, give themselves over to you and let, them be, let you be Lord of their life. Do that work, Lord. Do that saving work with your grace and your mercy. God, we love you. Change us. Make us new. We ask this in your, in his, your son's name.